God gave us three gifts. First of all, he gave us the manna from heaven. Then he gave us the water from heaven. And because of Aaron, he gave us the cloud of glory, Nana Kovit. And the Nana Kovit is the Sukkot, actually. Because the big child in the Gemara is the Sukkot in the desert was Mamish a Sukkot. Or it was just clouds. Like every, every, every Jewish family had a little cloud surrounding them. And uh, like the real shelter was a cloud. What's happening? I'm sorry. So why do we celebrate only the sukkah? Why don't we celebrate the man also? You know, sukkah is thanking God that he gave us shelter in the desert. If you say it was just clouds of glory or it was mamish made out of wood. But, uh, so, one of the answers for all the rebels. The sad thing is about the manna, we were complaining all the time, remember? We didn't like the manna, we didn't like this, we didn't like this. About water, we were always complaining. The only thing we never complained about was the sukkah. So, you know what it is? Um, there are a lot of people, God gives them so many gifts, right? But when you keep on complaining, it's... It loses already the joy of getting it, you know, like, imagine you give somebody a gift, say, ah, oh, you bought me this, I was hoping you gave me something else. You say, give out, you know, who needs the whole thing, right? But anyway, once you know, sukkah is one yontir where we celebrate, besides the holiness of having a shelter in the desert, we celebrate that we never complain. It's already like, and here comes the deepest steps. Why do people complain all the time? Like most of us said, you know? The more, the more mistakes we are making, instead of being angry at myself, I sit and complain, right? Imagine, God forbid, let's say yesterday I did something wrong. Let's say, God forbid, right? And this morning, uh, Nomi or Sheila or Tzvi give me a bagel. I look at the bagel. <laughs> Everybody knows about an onion bagel. You know what's going on here. <laughs> what, 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 what do you want, right? But because my heart is so heavy from yesterday because I'm angry at myself that I did something wrong, that I'm just looking desperately to fight with somebody. But instead of fighting with myself, I right away fight, fight somebody else. And um, it's so good to know, you know, people who really are to cleanse themselves from mistakes, they don't fight. It's not worth it. Um, I'm sorry, they don't fight. You know what, because let's assume, would you give up a million dollars for this fight now? Have you ever seen, I, I, was, I was once in the butcher shop, never again, kosher butcher shop, have you ever seen those women, the way they fight over, over, over chopped liver? If it's a pound, it's, I think it's one little bit less. It gave too much, it gave too little. And bones, ah, oh, those bones are not good for soup. I said, I'm getting crazy. Within five minutes, they're fighting over the most stupid thing in the world, right? So how much is, it, is this, those bones from, from the chicken worth? Another dollar, right? But what they are losing inside, the whole dignity, the whole soul, right? 
So you see what it is. Ahana Koyen, Anana Kovit. You know what Ahana Koyen did? What's, what's the cloud of glory in the deepest way? Ahana Koyen gave us a sense, a sense of, of being Mamish a prince, of being a king, being a queen. You know how, God forbid, you know, have you ever seen two homeless people fight over a garbage pail? Nebuch, right? Nebuch, give out. Can you imagine? Oh, very, I'm sorry. Can you imagine how little they think of themselves, how low they are? They can stand in fight of a garbage pail because maybe there's some food there, right? Nebuch, give out. So, on Sukkot, Aaron Khan gives us back. Uh, our deepest dignity, right? Ananda COVID, Mamish, the clouds of glory. Actually, glory is not such a good word. COVID means Mamish COVID. Let's put it this way. We were learning it last week about Yom Kippur, and I want to chew over the old stuff. But on Yom Kippur, it's clear to me how important I am to God. The vows are more important to God. Because you have to realize Whatever we do here, the same thing happens in heaven, right? We, we celebrate that God forgive us, right? God also celebrates, because all holiness of Him Kippur is because in heaven, it's also Yontif, right? That means the Yontif is that God feels, oh, you out, because when you're angry with each other, you're not so close. So after Yom Kippur, humanly speaking, God is celebrating that I'm close again to the Eden. You mean the master of the world is celebrating that he's close to me? To me, piece of garbage, piece of nothing? So obviously I, I'm something, right? So on Yom Kippur, it suddenly becomes clear to us who we are. You see, Rabbi says the greatest sin in the world is when you forget who you are. That is the greatest sin of the world. Because if you don't know who you are, right, uh, nothing, right? I can walk on all four and think I'm a dog. So, I want you to know, suddenly, hey, don't just, the whole outlook on life changes. And we'll come to it in a second. What, what am I putting on top of me? I would say put gold, put silver. I put on top of me everything I was stepping on all year long. What's that? Broken, uh, broken, uh, what do you call it? branches, right? Because I cannot put on the schach a branch which is still connected to the tree. It has to be disconnected, right? Unbelievable, right? I would say sukkahs when I celebrate how connected I am to God, the most beautiful thing is a. Uh, uh, Putting myself under trees connects to the earth, you know. Uh, by the way, all those people with the earth, Mother Earth, Mother Eye, you know. <laughs> no, it has to be disconnected. It has to be broken. It has to be disconnected. And I'm putting it on top of me, right? Suddenly, this is my connection there. And I realized, first of all, all the things I was stepping on all year, maybe they were the most important things in my life. It's awesome. You know, in, on, on a personal level, 
you never know who your best friend is, right? You never know who your best friend is. And it's usually the people who you step on who are your best friends. Like, it's not to be believed, right? It was so crazy, you know, let's, I, I, I cannot take you because I don't know any of your personal life. Um, a few years ago, I was like a little bit sick. I needed a um, pacemaker. Today I wouldn't do it, but then I thought I'd do it. Anyway, everybody called me, I'm good to this home you pass, and this home you pass. I said, no, I don't have time. But anyway, I'm, I'm lying in the hospital, right? Okay, a lot of people visited me. But you know what was so heartbreakingly true? That all the people who I didn't think are my friends, right? If they would call me, I would say, you know, thank you so much, I'm busy right now or something. They came day and night to take care of me. Unbelievable, right? Humans don't know who your best friend is. And on Sukkot, remember we were learning it two weeks ago, that true, you know, the, the three tones of the show from one of the, one straight tone, right? Then comes strong, a little bit broken. Then comes, completely broken. And then key again. And uh, the word for, for true, completely broken tone, it's also, through as men boy, it's also a word for friendship. So I am. We are super top people, right? That means when do you know who your best friend is? When you're completely broken. <coughs> That's what it is. When I am I'm a millionaire and I'm making a bar mitzvah for my son. I'm writing. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's Mamash. I didn't want to say anything, but <coughs> normally you have clear prophecy. <coughs> normally you're the cutest besides, besides being a prophet. <laughs> so here, friends. So the Gemara says on Sukkot, in the Torah, when we talk about the Sukkot, we always talk about one Sukkot. You know, usually, I mean, we have a few million Jews since Mount Sinai, so I should say in plural, sit in the sukkahs. There's the sukkahs, one sukkah. Unbelievable. And you see, when we build a sukkah, it's not another sukkah. Everyone is building the sukkah in which God takes took us out of Egypt, right? Because according to our holy tradition, we, we were all in Egypt, right? We were all there. You know, the word Yisrael, Israel, is the initial. Hey, Shabbos. Listen, you know what you have to do? Can you move a little bit further? Because you're blocking me off a little bit. You know, my brother. You promised him. You know what? I think we should knock off one fast melody to warm my heart. <coughs> Did you just say that we were all in one sukkah? Yeah, let me. Okay. The Torah says, Pesukas without the wolf. Meaning Pesukas. Yeah. 
You know the translation is in sukkahs in, 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 in plural, but never, what do they know, right? Okay, let me just finish what I said, you're right. You know the word Yisrael, Israel, listen brother, as much as the Lord gives to move away also a little bit. Yisrael is the initial, if you know Hebrew, Yesh Shishim Ribai Aishisra Torah. The Torah has 600,000 letters, not unbelievable. And 600,000 Jews walked out of Egypt. <laughs> but the truth is, 3 million walked out of Egypt. Because, but the 600,000 are roots, root souls, right? You know, a lot of people have the same soul, sparks of each other's soul, right? So those 600,000 are like torches. And then, then one torch might have, you know, <coughs> 5,000 little sparks, right? Tell you something awesome. Yushalmi says, um, when you marry somebody who is not of the same letter in the Torah, then it won't last. If you marry someone whose letter next to your letter, right, a little bit close, so it looks good, but then peters out again. Unbelievable, right? So you see what it is? The 600,000 souls who left were like, you are, right? Okay, so we had 600,000, 600,000 sukkahs in the desert, you see. Hard to figure out. But when I'm building the sukkah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting in a new sukkah, I'm sitting in the sukkah with which, where I was sitting for 40 years in the desert. Unbelievable. What was the most special thing in the sukkah in, in the desert? You would realize that, uh, you see, even if the Torah says sometimes that they were complaining, it's, it's very clear in Ishbitsi, you know, it was not just beyond us, right? It, just, it was so high, right? Anyway, there was so much, so much. <coughs> You know, we just came back from Mount Sinai. In Mount Sinai, between Mount Sinai and Mashiach is coming, there'll never be so much love between people, right? Where's, where's most hatred coming from? From jealousy, right? You have a better house than me, you make more money. In the desert, you had no business, right? They didn't have to pay taxes. You didn't have to go to a drugstore to get yourself shampoo. Do you know whenever a Jew wanted to take a bath, you know what happened? Simply a cloud came down from heaven, went over you, and washed you clean. <laughs> and also, do you know that our garments grew with us? It's awesome, right? I mean, everything, which all the comfort we had in the desert. And uh, it says even, like, when kids wanted new toys, they would just put their hands in the clouds of glory, take out the toy they want. <laughs> I mean, so maybe to us it sounds ridiculous, but it is. I mean, we were just, everything was a miracle, right? Living in the desert and everything. So in the sukkah, when we sit in the sukkah, it's mamish, it's, it's a one house. Good morning, Libby. Libby, come on. It's a one house where it's so much filled with love 
that the asterisk, the lulav, that the four species, the four kinds of Jews, I'm almost sitting there. And just, okay, we'll come to it in a second. Let me just sing the nigging. And, and I think I shared it with you. On the Moshav, one Shabbos morning, someone calls me out from the downing and that there's a lady outside who wants to talk to me. I go out and I say, Shabbos, how are you? I saw you last night. She, she seems to be here for the whole Shabbos. You know, in formal good days, sadly enough, now we're really overfilled. In formal good days, we had three houses for guests on the Moshav. Anyway, looking for a rich man to build a hotel. Anyway. So I said, oh, I saw you yesterday. She says, yes, let me tell you my story fast. She says, I'm upper class American Jewish princess. <laughs> you know what that means? That means my husband and I never go on a vacation together. You know. <laughs> that we always, he goes, he goes to India, I'm going to Alaska. He goes to China, I'm going to Japan. Hey, brother, what's happening, brother? Okay, I just won't get to the back. Okay, do your thing, brother. <clears throat> this year, I decided I'm going to Israel, and he's going to Acapulco. Can you imagine how much love there is between them? Well, so I'm coming to Israel, and I'm a wealthy woman. I'm shaking the King David, and get myself like a, like a balagola. I'm getting myself a taxi, hire him for two weeks, and he's driving me around Israel. I don't know, I don't even know one person in Israel. Not even one person. Nobody talks to me, and I don't talk to anyone. My taxi is driving me around. It's very beautiful. This morning, Friday, wherever we were, I said to the taxi driver, you know, it's kind of sad. I'm here in Israel, and it's Shabbos. I don't keep Shabbos in America, but I'm in Israel. I wish someone would invite me for Shabbos. You know? It would be beautiful. So the taxi driver says to me, there's only one place where everyone is invited. This is a Modin in my village. Don't have to make your reservation. You just come there and, and everybody will throw themselves at you to invite you. Get a little bit frightened, but anyway. <clears throat> so the taxi driver comes. Anybody, three members of shower? you weren't there yet? No, not yet. But some of you were there. Sheila was there, right? No. Oh, Sister Che. Sister Che is an old member of the drive. Anyway. So, you were there, Stephen? Oh, good. So, you remember the long street? One street and another street. He lets me off in front of a house and leaves me. Standing there with my suitcase, don't know what to do. Before long, the door opens and people come and say, uh, are you hungry, are you thirsty? And the kissing, you know? Everybody's kissing me, people that don't know their names, they don't know my name. And then the most disgusting thing happens to me, men with beards. I can't stand beards. <laughs> Men with beards come out and kiss me, you know. I want to run to the bathroom and wash my face, but it doesn't look nice. Anyway, and all this, you know, too much. Anyway, they feed me, and who knows what they do to me. Everybody asks me, do you need some more? You want this? You want coffee? You want hot chocolate? You want nothing? You want, hey, babe, what's going on here? And then we go to shoot to Dam. In my temple, if I go, it's 35 minutes, the rabbi calls out the page, and everybody is very quiet and behaved. There, they're dancing, everybody's getting wild like crazy. 
I've never seen anything like it unless in a movie about the, about the Indians or anywhere, the aboriginals. And the more I stay there, the more I realize it's not for me. Then comes the feast. Ah, this is really not for me. <laughs> Everybody is taking care of me. Everybody asks me if I want more, if I want less. I said, this is crazy. I'm not going to last here for 24 hours. While everybody's in the dining room, <coughs> I run out to the house where I'm staying, get my suitcase, and I run out on the highway. The Moshav is right by the highway. <coughs> get a cab. I go back to the King David Hotel. Thank God. OK, I'm walking into my room, and I lock the door, and I sit down. And I'm supposed to be happy, right? And suddenly I realize, this is crazy. My whole life, I'm dreaming of a place that people love you not because they know how much money you have in the bank, that people accept you just because you're a human being. And I was there, and I ran away. So she said, you know what they did? I ran back, took my suitcase again, ran back. The taxi was still there. You know, it's only 20 minutes from Jerusalem. I came back, sat down in the dining room, and nobody even knew that I had left. <laughs> so she says, she says, I don't know what it is, but next year, I don't care, I'm bringing my husband here. And you know, there's a kind of couple, I'm sure they haven't held hands even before their wedding, you know. They should not, after the wedding. And uh, she says, I have also two children, and I'm really not close to them. To make it very short, next year she came with her husband, and with those two kids, and we could almost see them Brother, where are you taking all this? Just, it's just this that she said she needs upstairs. I won't bother you more. Uh, how, many, how many things are you taking upstairs? There's four back there, so I think it's like one, two, three. Three back there, she said she wants four upstairs. Four upstairs? No, no, she puts it, they put it out from the window and they throw it into the You can put it, okay. It'll come down like manna. Oh, they have already those. Yeah, they have it up for you. I gave up mingling in, you know.
think it's only two or three months. If someone were to ask you, I'm just thinking about it. If someone were to ask you, what's the difference in essence between Sukkot and Pesach? And the answer is very simple. Pesach, we are running away from evil. We're running away from Egypt, we're running away from slavery, we're running away from Chobans, right? Sukkot is we enter holiness. It's Gewalt, right? Sukkot, we are already inside. And you know, from running away from evil until you really enter the gates of holiness takes a long time, right? And we made so many mistakes on the way, the golden calf and, and, and the everything. Everything went, whatever it is. See, Sukkot in all something else, you see? Pesach, I eat matzah, and it's getting into me, in my kishkas. Sukkot, I'm completely surrounded by it. I'm completely surrounded by it. You know, a lot of people, you see what it is? What's an assimilated Jew? He is also a little bit Yiddish cut inside, right? But he's not surrounded by it, right? And MSA Yid is not surrounded by it, right? So Sukkot is the final, right? This is it, right? And um, where was I? Did I step in the middle? No. There's a shop another house over there. Oh, good, good, good. This one, stop, yeah. Would you believe me it opened Mom's by Sukkot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we would. Yes, yes. <laughs> <coughs> you know, in Sons, I told you, when he would open a book when he was looking for something, and it would not open on the same place where he was looking for, he would fast on that day. Means something wrong with him. Unbelievable. The Holy Sons, when he needed the book, he would go to the, hey, he would walk into the, take out the book. And if it was not the book he was looking for, he would also fast. So basically, we are so surrounded by God, by God and by holiness that why should I waste my time looking for a book, right? I'm going to tell you a one-sentence joke. Yeah, let's see. I let's make it two sentences. I just read a Hasidic Sefer that uh, one of the rabbis, I think, which said that in the future, the rabbis will be on such a level that they'll decide kasher uh, and treif from looking... Oh, says the sukkah has the holiness of the Bessemekdash. Mamish, the sukkah, has the holiness of the Besamekish, of the holy temple. And meaning to say, when they go into the sukkah, and Mamish in Yerushalayim, and I'm already in the third temple, the one, the third temple which is indestructible. But you know, as much as the sukkah has to be on, I'm sure you wear the sukkah has to be a temporary dwelling, cannot be. I build a beautiful house in the sukkah. It has to be, it has to be that the wind can carry it away, the wind is strong. And it has to be that it can rain in. It has to be built in such a way that the rain can come in. He wants us two things. It has to be in such a way that the rain can come in, but also that I can see the stars. You know what it is in most of our houses? You can't see the stars, you can't see the sky anymore. I want you to know something awesome, which is so beautiful. 
Rabbi Nachman was standing on the window and he, he sees a switch Yidale running to the marketplace. He calls him and says, hey, Moshe, come. He says, Rabbi, I really don't have time. I'm, I have to go to my business. He says, it's okay, just one second. Comes in. Rabbi Nachman says, have you looked at the sky today? <coughs> he says, what a stupid question. You know, I'm anything sad, but... He says, why are you asking, Rabbi? He says, listen to me. You're running to the marketplace. Do you know that 100 years from now, be different horses, different wagons, different people? But the sky will still be the same. Why don't you look at the sky sometimes? You know the difference between a cow and a human being? A cow always looks down. A human being always looks up. I want you to know the sukkah is very, very special. The sukkah, you have to look at the schach all the time, as much as you can. I, I, I remember when I was in Bobov, the Bobov Rebbe, Mamish sister, all the time doesn't take his eyes off from the schach. You know, the schach is, how do you call a good English schach? The uh, branches. The branches up there. Okay, so I want to say something. You know, the sukkah is very holy. I think it's, it's a little bit coarse, but it's awesome. The Robschitter, one of the rabbis, you know, uh, was traveling, stopped at an inn, and then, you know, they have this outhouse, because they don't have a bathroom inside. He goes to, he, he goes to the outhouse, and he just he couldn't do it. Thought maybe he's sick or something, no. He goes back, and he says to the innkeeper, What, what's this house all about? What is it? He says, I'll tell you the truth, Rabbi. It was my sukkah last year. <laughs> and I decided to make an outhouse from it. Ah, obviously, he says, I can't do my thing there because it's a holy place, right? But anyway, I want you to know the sukkah is, meaning to say, even after sukkahs, is a very holy place. <coughs> And you know what the essence of the sukkah is? That I can go out on the street and make the street holy. Where are all my mistakes from? My mistakes come because I really think the street is stronger than me, right? Let's face it. I'm little Yidele, I have a yarmulke, I have tzitzis, and he has a big world stronger than me. Well, what do you think the world is stronger? You know, I can walk on the 42nd street and build a little sukkah, Come out. This is the only temple here. I can sanctify any place in the world, right? And you see on Sukkis, we'll come to it in a second, it's Mamish utmost, utmost realizing how important I am to God, how important I am to people, and how much power I have. But not in order to be, God forbid, arrogant, which is Listen to me, you'll tell me, can you lift up this bagel here? Say, no, no, I don't think so, you know. I say, listen, you know, I'm very humble. I don't really think I have the strength to lift up the bagel. What will you say? <laughs> don't be stupid, you have the strength, right? The <laughs> same thing is, you know, we don't know how strong we are, right? We think, oh, you're going, this is too much for me, this is too much for me. Why do you think so little of yourself? On Sukkis, 
what is clear to me that I'm stronger than the whole world. John the Fanos. That I'm stronger than the whole world. And you know what? Listen, if I were to tell you, I walk up to three and I would say, listen, three, I decided I'm going to fix the whole nation of the Japanese. Take me to therapist, right? Not on Sukkot. On Sukkot, we are bringing 70 sacrifices for the world, for the 70 nations. That means basically I have the power to fix the whole world. I have the power to be the whole world. And you know, when, when, we, when Yaakov went on the first exile, I know, the first exile we went, when Yaakov Avinu went with his children to Egypt, 70 people corresponding to the 70 nations of the world. So let us know that before you go into exile, you shouldn't drown there. You have to know that one Jew can fix a whole nation. If you would be on the level, right? Not if I'm a schlepper Jew and I'm afraid of the world. Awesome, right? Okay, let's start. Okay, he says, it's a mitzvah to build the sukkah right after Yom Kippur. And even if it's Friday, it's a geval, like, like this year, because it says, mitzvah shabol yola tach mitzvah. Now listen to me. Why am I not rushing to do something good? Because I don't realize how important it is what I'm doing. I think... I mean, does God really care if I build the sukkah on Friday or on Sunday? That's right. I only go there Monday night, right? So I'll do a little bit later. Imagine if I would get a call from Brother Clinton. Washington is anxiously waiting your building of the sukkah. I mean, United States is waiting, right? So what's the United States waiting? Heaven is waiting, right? So I'm rushing. Right after sukkah. I don't know if I'm, I'm sure you know it, maybe we didn't learn it yet. Mamish, all the big rabbis, maybe they ate a little bit after Yom Kippur, maybe not, but they ran out, Mamish. Well, all, all the rabbis would at least put one nail in the sukkah, you know, do something. And he says, even if you think you're a very honorable person and you think it's below you, it's not. But then everybody knows it's such a big mitzvah to build the sukkah. Mount is to free. Why don't we make Sheikh Yonu? The whole Gemara. And the answer is because sukkah's night, when we sit in the sukkah, we make Sheikh Yonu. And that Sheikh Yonu covers already also the building of the sukkah. Ah. I don't know how your house looks like. I'm sure it looks clean. The sukkah has to be so clean and so beautiful because Itmamish is the holy temple. <clears throat> and I'm sure you do know that all the big Yidin, Itmamish put everything, all the gold and silver, whatever they had, everything they would put in the sukkah. And you know, sukkah, we have noise, sukkah, we, we want to make the sukkah as beautiful as possible. Okay, the truth is, which is basically according to the Gemara, 
you only need two walls and the third wall just a little bit. You know what it is like? We always think we don't have enough. Not true. Even if a wall and a half is missing, right? I'm still okay, right? But basically today, we are really making four walls. But you have to know that it's... Okay, you see, if I would learn now the laws of the schach would take too long because it's so intricate. I want you to know, Masef, the laws of sukkah, uh, the deepest is not the word. I mean, they are like the depths and uh, about the walls, you know, how much the walls have to be connected to the schach. Imagine you build a sukkah and then the schach is only not really reaching the walls. How far can the schach be removed from the walls? There's uh, hundreds of laws. But right now, for us, we build these four walls and we make sure that the schach reaches the four walls. Basically, you are not permitted to make the schach from something which is not broken. You are not permitted to make the schach from something which is not broken. Because that's the whole idea. All the things I was stepping on, and all the things I thought they are broken and they're not connected, I realized that they are the ones who connect me to heaven. Deepest connection. And also it's very important, in the sukkah, the, the shade, you say shade or shadow? Shade. The shade has to be more than the sun. You know, I'm sorry, what? Sunlight. Sunlight, yeah. What do you want to say, Nomi? Which I remember last week, there's some really good book on stocks that they used to, you know, a lot of people, when they feel broken, feel there's no place for them. And they're really, you know, they think, what can they do? They're just broken, they can't contribute anything. And that's why when we have stocks, we absolutely choose the broken ones. Because what we're doing is really elevating it and saying, yes, you can. In fact, you can have the most important part of the stuff. And you something really, really important. You don't think this is because you're broken, you have nothing to do. Nomi is the best. I think you should take over the whole class. Nomi remembers better than I do. Do me a favor. When you, when you remember anything else, please always stop. Because you're the best. How come you remember, yeah? You know how few Rebbe's there are in the world that have followers conceded that remember the tire that the Rebbe says over? I know. A year later. A year later. I remember I asked this one rabbi, what are you talking about? He says, you always say the same thing because nobody remembers anyway. <laughs> yeah? Um, during what time of year did uh, Jacob go to Egypt? I'm sorry, man? He said Yaakov went to Egypt with 70 people, but what time of year did he go? Hey, only Marine could ask such a deep question. <laughs> The reason I ask is because, yeah. um, well, you said 70 people, but when I was living in Egypt, there's a place south of Gaza called El Harish. 
Alarish in Arabic means a sukkah, but it also um, is uh, a sukkah with, with light in it. Do you know that Goshen, I don't know how it's called now, Goshen, still called Goshen? No. Pharaoh, when Sora left, he gave her, like real estate, he gave her like one of the suburbs of Cairo. And it belonged to Sarah. So when Yaakov came with his family, they just went back to the place that belongs to Sarah. See, that means the Jews basically, they didn't, didn't need Egyptian to give them permission to live there. They moved in to what belonged to Sarah. Yeah. So anyway, I want you to know that according to a holy tradition, Yaakov Avinu left the world on Sukkot. Wow. Yeah, because ya we will come to it later. Yaakov's, you know, Avram Avinu, his holiday is Pesach. Because Avram Avinu is the first one to get out from the pagan world. First exodus out of slavery of Egypt, of all evil in the world is Avram. Shavuos is Yitzchak. Because unless you're ready to die for God, you don't live for God. So Torah is mamish. You have to be ready to to give your life to God a thousand times. So this is true. God bless me. God gave us the Torah. Sukkot is Yaakov. Because it says when Yaakov Avinu left Lovon, it says, the Yaakov knows the Sukkot, remember? And, 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 uh, um, Yishlach, Yaakov Avinu, do you know what Sukkot is? That Sukkot is like, wherever I am, that's where it's home. Yaakovin. Yaakovin is the one who left Israel when he came back. So, so obviously it looks like around Sukkot's time. Let so me. it means, no, wait, wait, let me just finish. It's Yaakovin, when he traveled, he traveled beyond time and space, right? Even the Bolshemtov, right? So he didn't have to slap himself for so long. After Yom Kippur, he left Yisrael and he arrived in, in, in Egypt. Although I'm sure if he would have traveled ordinary, or some would have taken weeks, who knows? Yeah. You know, Avram Avinu, when he left Choron to go to Israel, also he traveled from the Kvitzisadeh, you know. It says he left Choron and he was ready in Israel. Well, you were in Aleris Atzikinor, or you were in Atzikinor. They left and they came. Obviously, they left, they came. As though could it they came right away. Well, anyway, so why do you ask just like this? Because this place, El Arish, I'm sure you've heard of it, it's south of Gaza. It's a, it's a, it's a big place on the, on the coastline. It used to be part of Israel. And it's called Jacob's Hut. Could be. El Arish in Arabic means the hut. The hut with light that comes through it. But it's attributed to Jacob's hut, so maybe he made a sukkah there. You know, I was, I was, I was in Cairo 19, I was in Cairo 1982, and when I called up my kids, so I said, Nishoma, I'm in Cairo. Nishoma got all frightened, is Pharaoh still alive? I said, no. <laughs> Third day. Fourth day. And the Holy Hunchback died the second day. Yeah. 
Right. Other Rebbe's. <clears throat> okay, you're not permitted to build a sukkah. It has to be. You're leaving already. You have to. Okay, you have the best sukkahs in the world. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry, but I'll come back next week. Okay, good. Thank you. I'll come back. Okay, good. The sukkah has to be built under the sky. Cannot be built under a house, not under a tree. It has to be directly under the sky. Yeah? I know it was a couple times I've had to do this, but I asked the shout uh, a couple times. They said if the tree is like 20 or 30 feet above the sun, and there's just some branches, as long as you get a lot of sun, that for the effort you can... Uh, for the effort, yeah. For the effort, it's still okay, though, yeah. yeah. You see what it is? If a bill is under a tree, but even despite the tree, the sukkah... The sukkah, the way it is under the tree, the sun would be stronger than the sh shade. And then Maischach makes it right. that the shade is more than it's kosher. That means the tree is not adding to the shade. Right. Yeah. Said, I think the, the shear they said was about 20 feet or something. Whatever it is. You know, the shear is exactly if it adds. Right. Yeah. Gewalt. Okay, let me ask something. Am I permitted to steal a sukkah? And I say, this is a question, you know, Mama's God, you know the truth, I need a sukkah? What do you say? Not only am I not permitted to steal, if I sit in a stolen sukkah, I would, then I didn't fulfill the mitzvah. <coughs> because, you know, there's a, without getting involved in the whole thing, there's a thing, it's mitzvah, mitzvah above bearer. If I do a mitzvah while I'm doing an bearer, then it's not, I did the Avera and I did the Mitzvah. You didn't do the Mitzvah at all because they cannot do a Mitzvah. You know, today a lot of people do Mitzvahs. They say, yeah, it's not so kosher, but I did the Mitzvah. If you do a Mitzvah via doing something wrong, then the Mitzvah is not considered a Mitzvah. Okay, as I was, I was telling you already, the, the walls of the Sukkah, the noise Sukkah and everything, is mamish holy, so you're not permitted to take it off and use it for something else. I don't want to say anything bad. Last year I saw someone needed a toothpick, so he, when nobody was looking, he reached up and took something from the noise sukkah, again, fooling around. You can't, you're not permitted to use it because it's holy, as simple as it is. Okay. Now comes sitting in the sukkah. It's very, very important. Sadina, I don't want to say anything bad about people. It's not that after a shul, while you're in the middle of talking, who knows about what, you walk in with somebody and they offer you a little piece of cake and you talk about the cake from which bakery it is and then you walk out. This is not called sitting in the sukkah. Sitting in the sukkah means you move in. They're doing sukkahs, this is your house. I want you to know something awesome deep. Listen, anybody who travels. And let's say I'm traveling, I'm going to Cairo, and I stay at the Hilton in Cairo. My house is still 
or New York or in Erzgorod. My house doesn't stop being my house. <coughs> Same as the sukkah. The one week of the sukkah, I have to establish myself. Do you know? I don't establish myself on this sukkah anyway. When you walk into the sukkah, this is my house. And even, let's say, for instance, you don't sleep in the sukkah, it has to be like one night you sleep at the Hilton, right? The Hilton does not take away from your house, right? So, okay, I have to sleep there, right? But the house is very special. The person who established himself, this one week, this is my house. This is where I actually live. And uh, you have to be there as much as you can. I must eat there, learn there, sit there, be there. And it's just so good, you know. Okay, here is this blazer and the Gemara says that the sukkahs in which we dwelt for 40 years were just really made out of clouds. But because of that, we make real sukkahs. And Rabbi Kiva says, no, it was Mamish Sukkot. That's it. So though he says, so Rabbi Kiva says like this, in the summer, when I sit in a hut, it doesn't mean really something special because everybody needs something against the sun. But in the winter, In the winter, you move into your house. You don't stay in a house, right? So this time of the year, you know, in the summer, you live in the bungalow. In the winter, you live in the house because it's raining or whatever it is. So when do I really show that I'm sitting in the sukkah because God told me it's right about this time of the year when it's really getting cold and everything. Are you permitted to bring in anything not so clean to the sukkah now? Like even, you know, when you bring in plates, okay, when you take them out, maybe they're not so clean anymore because you ate on them. But to bring in the sukkah something not washed, you're not permitted to. So everybody knows that all those big grab, especially the Heilige Mamish, the Heilige Triske Magid, before he walked into the sukkah, he was crying. He's master of the world. You're not permitted to bring in vessels which are not clean. Gewalt. How dare I go into the sukkah? Gewalt, master of the world. Which map is that? The Heilige Magid. Yeah. Gewalt. Holy Bab. Gewalt. <laughs> we left the head table for you, right? <laughs> they all say hello to your downtown. Yeah, we, oh, which one did you see? Oh, I forget his name. Oh, I know which one. Say hi, Mr. He said his brother-in-law comes to my shop. Unbelievable. It's very strange, you know, it never says, it never says in the Talmud that you have to eat matzah with your wife and your family. <coughs> Everybody says eat matzah, so obviously, Everybody has to eat matzah. And the sukkah, in Mamash says especially, <coughs> you have to bring your wife and your children to the sukkah. Because you have to be in the house, the sukkah has to be your house. 
And even my house, I live with my wife and my family, so the sukkah has to be. Yes, yeah, the Shonov says, especially after you eat, you have to take the vessels out fast. Because you shouldn't leave anything which is not clean and sick. Take them out fast, <coughs> then wash them and bring them back, whatever it is. Yeah? Normally you're the best. Mamish, normally you better come and sit here then. Normally Mamish knows everything, give out. Normally you're the cutest woman in the world. Okay, now this is very important. Basically, imagine if a person does not eat. Let's assume. A person doesn't eat. So he says, I don't have to sit in the sukkah because I don't eat. What can you do? The first night you have to eat in the sukkah. And don't tell me stories, right now I'm on a fast, right now I'm on a diet, all this crazy stuff. Not on sukkah. Sukkah is night, you have to eat in the sukkah. What happens if it's raining? The question you knows you have to be up all night, wait for the rain to stop. And if it's for one minute, the rain stops, you go fasting. But if you're for real, why should you wait till the rain stops? Just go into the sukkah and eat. I'll tell you something, anybody who's ever been in the sukkah knows, like, when you sit in the sukkah, and even if it's raining, it's so beautiful. I was once, one night sukkah had to be somewhere, and this person I stayed in his house was, was very religious but straight. He doesn't know from anything when it's raining, you don't have to be in the sukkah. I said, listen, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sitting in the sukkah. He's, he tries to talk me out of it, and his wife is also a therapist, and she <laughs> tries to talk me out and says, because of guilt feelings, that's a favorite topic. It's just, not guilt feelings, just I'm, I'm going, right? <laughs> so then, then they, they felt guilty, you know? They said, okay, <laughs> okay that's, they, all, they went with me. It was so good. You know, Rabbi, I remember yeah. last year. Yeah. It was last year then. Uh, so out of circus, mommy, she was raining. And all the shoes, you know, they finished davening and they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And they figured, you know, it's raining, that's it, they're going to eat in the house. Yeah. By the time we finished davening, we went into the sukkah, the rain stopped. That's right. And they were coming around looking 
get, you know, we're sitting in the sukkah and everybody already ate inside the house. Can it stop this here? Won't drink out of it. It has to be good. He told a story. So you told the story last year also about the rich man who couldn't stand this yeah, poor yeah. man's sukkah. That's a, too long a story, but it's yeah. a good story, yeah. Shlomo, I came across a, a recently a story about the Rabbi Shneur Zalman of Vladi, that yeah. uh, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, that uh, he was sitting in the sukkah when it was raining. So they, someone said to him, you know, the rabbi said that if you sit in the sukkah when, you're, when it's raining, you're a fool or a simpleton. He says, ah, if only I could be a simpleton. Mm -hmm. If only I could be a simpleton. This is a wish it would be God's food. See, the Kotzkrebe makes it more, more simple. If you sit in the sukkah and the rain disturbs you, then you shouldn't sit there. <laughs> but if you sit in the sukkah and a few drops, how can it disturb you? It's so beautiful here, right? I said it yesterday. I'm sitting with a girl, supposedly love, right? Then it's raining. I said, listen, I'm sorry, I'm going home, right? So it's not so hot, right? Come on. Okay. So first night, right after, first night, right after you come from shul, the mamish goes straight to the sukkah, <coughs> make kiddush, and here's something very important. The first night you make kiddush, you make kiddush, then you make a bracha leishev. And then you make Shechyona. Because Shechyona goes on Neshev also. Second night, you make Shechyona. And then you make Neshev. And it's also very important when you say Neshev, even if you stand by the Sukkah, you know, you have a special blessing. You say, blessed is God to command it us. Command it us is not really a good translation. Sevona means who, you know, in Hebrew, Sivona means who tied us to himself. So then we get so close to God. You know, when someone asks me a favor and I do it, we get close to each other, right? So each time I do a mitzvah, I get close to God. Sivona, right? And, uh, okay, basically, as much as it is a mitzvah, just to sit in the sukkah, and to sleep and everything, but the bracha I only make when I eat. When I eat. And also very important... Um, no, sad enough, no. Excuse me, Shlomo, what's the reason for the difference in the order of the brachas between the first night and the second? See, the first night, it's the first night I'm sitting in the sukkah, right? So Shechiona goes on Leishev also. So I said first Leishev and then make Shechiona. But the second night I, I was already sitting in the sukkah, right? I just make Shechiona on the Yontif. So. Well, why do you make it again? Yeah, why do you make it again? 
Because you see what it is. Why do we keep two days? Because, because after the destruction of the temple, we didn't know which the first or which second day. So we still kept it up. Although now we know, but the homemade way is deeper than anything. So we make shachyonu. But nevertheless, nevertheless, on leishev we don't make shachyonu anymore. Okay, what is called rain? You know, some of the few drops, it's not called rain. You know what call, what's called rain? Jono says rain is if I would sit here with a plate of soup and the rain would mamish make it not soup but water, that's called rain. <laughs> it's very good to know. You know, just a few drops. We have five chairs for you. <laughs> Anything, brother. But have a good sukkah then, my brother. Okay, now listen to this. I wish we would, could do it on the Moshav, we can do it. I am making Neshe Basuki the first night, right? And then, Mamish, I stay the whole week in the Sukkot. I, I daven there, I sleep there, I eat there. So I don't have to make Neshev anymore, because my first Bocha and Sikkim the Sukkot covered already the whole week. Only if you left the Sukkot, and I don't mean just going out to see what's going on, it has to... I leave the Sukkot, let's say, if I cannot sleep in the Sukkot, If I cannot sleep in the sukkah and I go to my house to sleep, then next morning I make Klaishev again. What is it if I go from one sukkah to the other? Each time I go to another sukkah, I have to make Klaishev. Because every sukkah is like a different sukkah. Okay, I, I ate in, I forgot to make the Boch Leishev, what do I do? I can make it whenever I remember, in the middle of the feast. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't have to be a sutra. You should, but if you didn't, so you do it whenever you remember. Remember anything normal which I didn't cover yet?
You know, oh, yeah. The, the, the two Popeyes to go to the soap soap with the blankets and the hot Oh, you made it down the street. No, no, no. That's Rabbi Akiva. Uh, uh, Rabbi Abdusha. Okay, Nomi, by, by, by general nomination, you have to tell the story. Tzvi, <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell the story to help out? Okay. You'll have to help me out. I yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Srabzushi is coming to this uh, rabbi. Rabiega. Rabiega, yeah. He's coming uh, to spend uh, time with Rabiega in the sukkah, so definitely he's going to the sukkah. And as the custom is, you know, Rabiega, you know, Rabiega. you know, Yehvi. His name is Yaakov Yitzchak Ben Avram. So we'll show Yaakov Yitzchak. No, Yaakov Yitzchak Ben Avram. They call him Shod Yehvi. Oh, yeah. You do best Aleph, yeah. You do best Aleph? Yeah. Oh. So, the story, make it short. So, they go to sleep in the sukkah. After the feast and everything, they spend together. They go to sleep in the sukkah. It was really, in Europe, was really winter. Very cold. So, Rabbi Yeve, he secures himself was, uh, you know, seven blankets to cover himself. And Rabzushi doesn't need any blankets. Rabzushi goes to sleep on the corner on the floor, and it was very cold. So Rabzushi was cold. So it turns up to heaven. And Rabzushi never said, Can I, can I correct you right now? You don't mind. Because no, no, I want you to remember the story forever. <coughs> So where you are, I'll come back to it. <laughs> the Heilige Rebbe Rabdushi comes to visit the Rebbe Rabdjevi. So Rebbe Rabdjevi says to Zusha, won't you know I have, a, I have a bed and 15 blankets, and I also prepared for you a bed for 15 blankets, so you don't have to worry. Everything is under control. So the Rebbe Rabdushi says, Zusha does not sleep in a bed in the sofa. Lucia wants to sleep on the holy floor, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi Yevi says, what do you mean on the, on the holy floor? It's cold, you won't last. He says, Lucia will take care of himself. Okay, the Rabbi Rabbi Yevi is lying under the 15 blankets and still shivering. <laughs> <laughs> and the Heilige Rabbi Rabbi Zusha is lying on the floor. <laughs> and the Rabbi Rabbi Yevi is not Falling asleep, yet he wants to see how long is this Rabzusha going to last. <laughs> Suddenly he hears Rabzusha says, Okay, here you come in. So it says, God says, Rabzusha, God, Rabzusha is cold. Freezing. So there's a heat wave, a little heat wave comes in into the circle. It heats up a little bit. But it's still, it's very cold. Passes time a little bit, so Rabzushi again turns up to heaven. And if you ever hear his name again, Rabzushi is still cold. It's coming another heat wave. This time already, Rabzushi feels a little bit hot under the 15 blankets. So he takes off a couple of blankets. And Rabzushi is continuing like that. He says, Rabzushi, God, Rabzushi is still cold. So he comes heat wave, and he continues like that until Rabzushi already took off all the blankets. And suddenly he turns to Rabzusha, 
Reb Zusha, stop! You'll put the sukkah on fire. Go <laughs> out. Not so simple. You see, Reb Zusha never said the word I. When he talked about himself, he would say Zusha. No? Did you say at the end that Susha told the neighbor something like he was bringing the, the warmth of, uh, <coughs> was it from Ganadin or something, and if he wouldn't let him go? No, no. Mama Shainu, you're about. Sri didn't, didn't tell what Chassidim said when they heard the story. Chassidim said, why did you stop? Why did you stop? You could have warmed the whole world. Such a deep story, you know. Sometimes it gets warmer, 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 and then they get all shook up and we stop. For him, there's only one eye. I am the Lord, right? God. <laughs> Dutich is talking about someone Zushi, you know, it says Zushi, right? Like a small child. Huh? Like a small child. Oh, it's so true. You see, for us, the word I is the most important word in our life. Sadly. I, I once got a letter from someone, one of the so-called Jewish leaders. Never seen anything like it. It was a long letter. Every sentence began with the word I. <laughs> it's nishmasik to thank <laughs> He's in the egg business, I, right? <laughs> well, I'm a kid. <laughs> you know, in, in, in German, an egg is called I, an I, right? Okay, let's learn a few minutes about Dulu Essig. And it's really not important that I should, we should learn all the laws, how they have to look like, because we, hopefully, because you don't buy it uh, on a Chinese marketplace, you buy it in a Jewish books and they will tell you what it is. What is important that, uh, Mamas, you have to have it. Mamas, you have to. <laughs>